Good afternoon, and welcome to Free to Be Faithful. I'm moderator Kip Allen. Free to Be Faithful is a religious liberty education and awareness program created by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in response to increasingly hostile incursions into religious life. While we remain free to be faithful, that doesn't mean there's not a price to be paid. Undercover journalists who exposed Planned Parenthood's marketing of aborted baby body parts have been sued for millions of dollars and are facing felony charges that could land them in prison for at least a decade. Peter Breen of the Thomas More Society is one of the attorneys defending those journalists. Mr. Breen, I want to welcome you to Free to Be Faithful. You have been defending the people from the Center for Medical Progress, Mr. DeLayden and Ms. Merritt. And unfortunately, it looks like they're going to have to face a criminal trial. I've been going over the 22-page ruling by Judge Height, and it looks like the only thing where where uh, CMP has won has been that he ruled that there was no privacy violation. Well, and this was the thing. So we started with 15 felony counts. Uh, we were able to get one of them thrown out at the preliminary hearing, and now we've got our decision. And, and Judge Height threw out another five of them. And, uh, you know, so I, I, we do like to look on the bright side. You know, we, we're, we're slowly getting some wins here. But still, that means nine felony counts. So you're looking at a decade in San Quentin uh, for uh, for David and Sandra uh, if, if unsuccessful at at trial. So now we're, we're, we're at nine. Now we, we do have some appeal rights. So we are going to continue to try to appeal to throw more and more of these counts out. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, it, it's, it's a long, slow slog. And, and again, we, with, with the civil judgments against uh, uh, David and Sandra and the others, uh, you know, in the millions of dollars is what we're looking at right now. And then, you know, these criminal charges hanging over their heads. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a very a very somber, serious thing going into serious thing going into the new year. Even as we're seeing some little signs for hope, but it is it is a we've got a, t- a tough a tough slog ahead in 2020. Well, David and Sandra undertook this mission to expose the uh, sale of aborted baby body parts for profit, and uh, they knew that they were getting into some some. I won't say questionable, but they, they they knew they were they were going into dangerous waters. Uh, I have to salute them for doing this. I'm not sure I'd have had the courage to do what they have done. What is your reaction to them personally as to what they have done? Uh, their 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 feeling their their determination. I, I'll tell you. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time. Uh, uh, with David and yeah, certainly you know, I sat, I, I sit right next to him for, for, you know, week after week of trial. And, and, you know, we're, we're there, uh, you know, constantly we're on the phone all the time. He is in good spirits. You know, he knows that these are trumped up chart allegations of these cases. Uh, he knows you know, that it, it, it's all bunk. And, and that if, if, if these charges and the various uh, lawsuits hold up against David and his colleagues, uh, that puts a, a, Stain a real uh, uh, just just a just a full stop on good undercover journalism on a variety of topics, and so I I think there, there there's a you know that there there's a bit of a you know he, he's a very spiritual uh, gentleman, so I mean he's very religious, uh, very spiritual. So David David, you know, and he doesn't talk a lot about it, but he is he is a, a man of deep faith, and so uh, he. He knows that, you know, like many of the many folks in the past, you know, other Christians have gone before us. You, you, you've got to do some suffering. You know, that's the whole point is to take up the cross. And so David has done that. And uh, and he does it really. Uh, he does it as a happy warrior. And I, I, I've got to tell you a quick story. The you know, the the there's a risk that some of his assets will be taken. 
uh, you know, and so you know, they, could, they could come repossess his car. And he says, you know what, I hope they come repossess my car because we will, you know, we'll use that to, to fire up our base and get folks, get folks really mad at these guys. So they're, they're going to, they'll rue the day. Uh, they try to come and 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 uh, and do something like that. So so David, I mean that's that's the spirit he's in. He's looking at going. Hey, how are we going to turn this around? Get a win out of these things, because you know we we do have an you know we we have an ultimate faith. Obviously, uh, you know I mean look, the, you know we we win in the end. The Christian you know the Christian faith and the Christian message wins in the end. Um, but you know we're we are still very hopeful uh, about winning in court. On appeal, which is where we often win these fights, because we, you know, just in the pro-life movement, uh, it's tough at trial. Uh, you know, you do everything you can to make your record, and then you've got to go up on appeal and and hopefully get a little clearer thinking sometimes. So what'll happen here is you'll be going now to trial at the uh, at the circuit level, of the ninth district, I believe. And if you lose there, then it goes up to the appeals. Right. So so we so we've got you know. The, the, it is a little confusing because Planned Parenthood has come after us with everything they've got. So they've got uh, civil lawsuits, uh, two of those in the federal court, the district court in San Francisco. And that was where we, you know, we just had a jury trial on one of those. And, and uh, you know, we lost, uh, lost at the jury trial once we, we had numerous, uh, very, very poor uh, and erroneous legal rulings entered against us. And so we're going to challenge all that on appeal. Uh, and then on this, the criminal side is that's the Attorney General of California, which was uh, Kamala Harris, uh, who was the uh, the Democratic presidential candidate, who was a big Planned Parenthood person, and now her her successor is a gentleman named Javier Becerra, who then uh, uh, in the leadership of the U.S. House on the Democrat side, he is so tied in with Planned Parenthood it's not funny, uh, and so you know you've got both the you know Planned Parenthood directly using their big uh, you know their high priced uh, D.C. lawyers suing us in the federal court. And their their handpicked attorney general suing us in the uh, you know in the, in the state uh, criminal proceedings. So there's a lot going on. But but so the criminal we will go uh, go to trial uh, if we can't get the rest of these counts thrown out on appeal. On the what? civil side we've got to go up to the Ninth Circuit, and that uh, that's that, that's been a tough place for us in the past. But you know uh, President Trump now has ten of the twenty nine active judges. I believe we are now at ten uh, are Trump appointees, and so we we are hoping for a little more balanced a balanced reception at the Ninth Circuit. Now, one thing I noticed in going over the ruling from uh, Judge Height here was that Judge Height, one of the few areas where you did win outright was where he said there was no privacy violation. And yet in the civil trial, they said that there was. So how does that work? Well, it it really, it it highlights some of the, um, I mean, just we, we, we were up against a, in, in the civil case, you know, we're in front of a San Francisco jury, so that's that's a tough that's a tough bunch. Uh, you know, folks know that's that's probably the the least uh, least pro life of, of almost any city in the country. And, and when we would look at the jury questionnaires, most of the juror, the potential jurors said that religion played no role in their life. And, and I, mean, I, I can't imagine if you took a just and, and think about that. Just just not even ask them specific uh, uh, you know, statements about their faith or what have you, but just do you even have a role for religion in your life? That it was no. Uh, for most of these folks, that that kind of tells you, you know, we were we we're in tough, tough sledding there. But then the judge uh, that we were up against in the federal district court, uh, you know, the legal rulings that he made, so uh, that he prevented us from even showing the videos. So there was damages claimed from the showing the, from the play of the videos to the public. And we couldn't even show the jury the videos themselves to show them what David and Sandra and everyone else were, were investigating. So I mean, very, very tough, tough ruling there. And and the judge allowed a lot of things to go to the jury that he should have thrown up. So when you saw with Judge Height, 
he had some of the same taping incidents, and he found that there wasn't even probable cause, which is one of the lowest standards. There wasn't even probable cause to go forward on some of these taping incidents. And then in the civil case, we're, we're being told reliable for them. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's a real double standard here that, you know, that the, the criminal proceedings are, are um, uh, certainly we've got a biased prosecutor, uh, but we have we have been getting, uh, you know, we've been allowed to do what we need to do in the in the criminal case. We've been allowed to put on evidence. We've been allowed to put on our expert witnesses. Uh, I mean, I, think about this. David and Sandra and the others, they, they, they go in, they do an undercover investigation. They generate videos. The public is outraged. You get sued for it and you can't show any of the videos. You can't bring in expert witnesses to, sh- to talk about the fact that they found out about babies being born alive and that they had a reasonable belief about that. Talk about the fact that there were literally hearts being, beating hearts being cut out of little aborted children uh, who are still alive. We have expert testimony on that. We couldn't present any of it. Uh, so, I mean, just, just you know, we, we, we have great grounds for appeal, but it was very, very disappointing to be going through this process where, where we're, we're fighting with both hands tied behind our back. I can see that with the... Actually, Judge Oreck in the civil trial actually said, didn't even give it to the jury. He said, yeah, I find these people guilty of all these things. You just decide how much that they owe. And then that, well, so yeah, that's the thing. You got a 50-page jury verdict form. And the first page is, I found them guilty of, uh, you know, guilty of trespass. So now, how much, how much money uh, will you award? You know, and then, and then again, you know, I found them guilty of breach of contract. How much money will you award? And then you go into some other things. But at that point, the jury's sitting there, we've already given them the money, what, you know, what, what, and, and the, they just, you know, they just checked yes on every box. And so there really wasn't, I mean, it was clearly that, you know, they didn't really do, uh, you know, any particular analysis or anything like that. But, but again, they, they were presented with a very, very stilted view of evidence that was very favorable to Planned Parenthood. The jurors themselves on, on, their, on their verdict forms, or, or I'm sorry, on their, on their questionnaires coming in, most of the jurors had a very strong, favorable opinion of Planned Parenthood. So, you know, we, we, we had a tough, tough place to go, and, and, and without being able to show the videos, without being able to really show the evidence that, that David and his colleagues were able to collect, you know, how do you make the case to the jury that the, that the investigation was, was not just reasonable, but fruitful uh, and incredibly necessary? So it, 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 we, we we're hopeful that, that on appeal, the Court of Appeals is going to see this and, and understand that we really got railroaded in this trial. And so we'd be able to hopefully get a, get a fair hearing uh, at the Ninth Circuit. And hopefully they'll throw the whole thing out or, or they'll send us back to try it again under, under, uh, you know, under a proper view of the evidence and the claims. Well, let's move on to the criminal case. What specifically does Judge Height say he has found uh, sufficient evidence for them to go to trial with? So, and, and, and this process with Judge, Judge Height is uh, the, the this is essentially there are two ways to, to get a criminal indictment on somebody. And one is the normal way is you go to the grand jury. So that's a secret process. It's done with uh, you know, members of the community and, and they present the evidence and come out. Either they either indict or they don't. Well, here, the attorney general took a took a unique way. They, they went to a preliminary hearing. So instead of having a grand jury look at the evidence, uh, they have a judge do it in an open, open proceeding. And the standard, though, is still probable cause, which is a very low standard. Uh, it's below. It's, it's just, well, something might have happened here. Uh, and, and so that, that was all that they needed to establish. And the, the claims themselves are alleged illegal undercover taping in the state of California. And 
In the state of California, though, uh, David and his team had looked at the law. They'd been advised by lawyers, and they had made very careful decisions not to do any taping in private locations. They were only taping in public restaurants, public exhibit halls, so crowded exhibit halls at abortion conferences and the like. And so under California, under the, the, the clear terms of the California law, if you may be overheard, it's not a violation. So in those locations, restaurants where you just, you know, you're just at a booth at a restaurant and in an exhibit hall at a, at a conference, you clearly can be, you may be overheard. It doesn't even, you don't even have to be overheard, just you may be overheard. Uh, so that, that's the, that is the criminal case in a nutshell. And so in, in Judge Height's ruling, uh, there, were, there were 15 counts, but there were four different places where they said that, that David and Susan had taped illegally. And uh, he threw out, in throwing out those five counts, uh, plus the other one that's thrown out at the preliminary hearing, we got rid of half. So two of the four settings were entirely thrown out. Which settings were so those? There were, there were two lunch meetings. And, it's, and I am actually under a protective order, even though uh, I can't tell you the names of the people who were in the meetings because they are alleged dotes. Uh, so this is, <laughs> we've had a better time of it at the criminal court, but we're still laboring under some these, these secrecy orders, even though you've got a right to a public trial. And, and I'll tell you, everyone who saw the proceedings knows exactly who was at which lunch meeting. And, and the millions of Americans who've watched the videos can put two and two together and figure out which lunch meetings and, and who these people are. But I can't actually use their names uh, because they are uh, allegedly victims of, of this, you know, uh, of, of crime. Well, so, I've, I've actually seen those videos, right. and they're on the CMP website. Anybody can go there and see them. Right, right. And so, but, but it was really good to be able to, uh, for, from my perspective, I had four settings where I had to deal with, you know, these criminal charges. Now we're down to two. So, you know, that, that, that's been our strategy since the beginning. We knew, you know, you, you hope you can get the whole thing thrown out. But uh, realistically, you just you're trying to slice off one one setting or you know, one count at a time. And so now being down to two two settings, we've got really strong uh, defenses. You know, one of the settings that's still left is the exhibit hall at the abortion conference. Well, for heaven's sakes, clearly uh, there was there was not even a, there was not even an attempt by the attorney general to say that folks couldn't be overheard because it was it was a crowded room easy easy for people to overhear those conversations and so there's no grounds for a california recording claim you know, under that there are felony recording claims here you know as well so we're talking years in san quentin penitentiary and then the other setting was one of the, was one of the lunch meetings and so the, the judge actually said in his ruling he said from the bench well you know, there were some people there, and then there weren't some people there, and, and he, he said, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag, so I'm going to let it go forward. When, when you get to a jury, if we were to ever get to a jury, the standard is beyond a reasonable doubt. So there's anything. You know, you know how this is. I mean, look, we, we, don't, we don't find people guilty of, of felony crimes without being darn sure of it. And so even just in the judge's own ruling, as much as he said there might be probable cause here, uh, his own his own statements uh, in recitations from the bench pretty much indicate there's not going to be beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, so so we are we're hopeful we're confident we want to get these things thrown out. If we have to go to a jury, we will fight very very hard, and we think we've got good grounds to win uh, uh, in front of that jury. Now, if I remember correctly, the uh, case with the uh, exhibit hall wasn't there actually a sign posted by Planned Parenthood saying you may be recorded. 
There were some signs in various places. In fact, I, I believe, you know, well, when we were at the preliminary hearing, we actually showed a photographer over there doing taping. Uh, and, it, well, and, and he was having you, you signed a You signed a little exhibitor form, and it said very specifically that you could photograph at your booth. Well, our guys were photographing at their booth. And so, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you look at it and go, well, how in the world do you call that a private setting when you've got exposed uh, uh, statements in the uh, in the little contract you know, that you could that you could do this? So I again, we, we, we've got great arguments. Uh, we've just got to either you know we're hoping to get a fair you know we we'll, we'll, we got it, we got you know, again we've got a partial victory below. We're hoping to get the rest of it on appeal, or at least to make this case so smooth that whatever goes to the jury is is going to be something that we can you know we we can get a nice clear message to them. We can get them to throw this thing out. Or get the attorney general just to back down because this this is uh, this this prosecution is something where even the L.A. Times, so they are a a not a, a conservative paper, not a pro life paper. They they have said they don't like what David and his team did, but even they have called for this prosecution to be thrown out because it's political and it's very dangerous toward all members of the media. You know, no matter what your issue is. Uh, this prosecution would shut down all sorts of wonderful under- undercover work that is happening in California that, that folks like the L.A. Times support. Well, I also read in Judge Height's uh, ruling here that there was supposedly no journalistic exception. Yet I know f- that there have been numerous instances in the past in California where this has occurred. Undercover reporting has recorded, uh, has recorded and exposed wrongdoing. And they were not punished, even though they were technically in violation of the law. Absolutely. So, so even though I mean we we have numerous instances, and we and we had cited this to Judge Height earlier in the case. So it was under we were trying to get the case thrown out because the prosecutor was biased. This is the first time in California history that a, an undercover journalist has actually been prosecuted under this law. First time in California history, and shortly before the prosecution of David, uh, the Attorney General actually had. Uh, it, was, it was Kamala Harris, who was a uh, Democratic presidential candidate, who's now dropped out. She had a press conference with animal rights activists who'd gone undercover. And if if she had applied a similar standard that, that she was applying to David, she should have been appearing with the animal rights activists in handcuffs. Instead, she was celebrating them, thanking them for all the wonderful things they had exposed about the mistreatment of animals in you know, various slaughterhouses or what have you. Well... I mean, look, you either do the one or you do the other. And, uh, and frankly, California should change their law to let undercover journalists do this. But even so, the, the prosecution is, is clearly, clearly biased in that David is the only one. This is the only prosecution that's ever happened in the history of the state of California under this law. Is this something that you can bring up in the trial? You know, we're going to have to find creative ways to do that. Uh, so we can talk about the value of undercover journalism. We can talk about... You know why uh, David and Sandra and their whole team did what they did, and and so we we can you know we, we're going to do everything we can uh, uh, to to make that point, uh, and we do it in court, we do it in every in every tribunal, you know, and and even you know, we, we've got both this criminal case which we're going to go and try to get an appeal to throw out some of these additional charges, and in the civil case where we've got to overturn this jury verdict, you know, we're not going up on appeal with a pro life uh, plea, and we're going up on a First Amendment plea. Uh, you know, talking about the value of undercover journalism, because we know that, you know, it, you know, we're going to have a lot of judges that, that maybe you know, they're, they're very ardently pro-choice, but but uh, they may not like corrupt politicians. 
or they might not like uh, you know animal abuse, or they may not like you know some other uh, abuse that uh, that can be uncovered and and has been uncovered by uh, by the surreptitious recording and undercover journalism. So. So that that's the sort of thing we're doing. We're going up on a First Amendment freedom of the press type theory, uh, and that's you know that should ring ring true with with everyone, no matter what your position on on life. Could you explain for the audience the I, the concept of the uh, of the two people of the uh, two people consenting to record as opposed to most states where it's just one? Well, and and it's it's uh, in a in a small number of states. I think it's about twelve or thirteen states. They have these two party consent laws. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm finding that the states that have the two-party consent laws, that means both parties to a, to a conversation are supposed to consent, unless the conversation is in a public setting or what have you. Or, you know, in California, we have the, the exemption for uh, that it may be overheard. But I, I, I've observed the states that have this two-party consent are, are states you might think of as a bit more prone to corruption. Uh, so, for instance, the state of Illinois famously has a two-party consent law that was put in place. And, and you know full well it was because the politicians didn't want to be taped uh, you know, by their constituents or others who, uh, you know, who, didn't, you know, who don't like corruption. You know, in California, they've also got a little bit of an issue with corruption and some other things like that. Uh, and, you know, so so that you, you're looking at the states that do this, and they, you know, they're trying to keep throw a blanket over wrongdoing. And, and so, I don't know, I, you know I, I think those, those statutes need to be repealed. Uh, but even when they're not, you know, you need to get exceptions so that undercover journalists can do the good work that uh, that society, society, we the people need. I mean, we need this information. We need to know when you've got uh, corrupt politicians or, or dirty doctors or, you know, uh, animal abuses or, or anything. Now, you know, that that's all got to come out to the light. And, uh, and undercover journalism is critical to do that. But you also have the the law, which is pretty uh, pretty explicit in those states, as you mentioned. How can you convince the jury or the judge that there are exceptions to the actual to the actual standing law? Right. Well, and, and this this was uh, so. What we do is, I mean, we are. I, I'm. I could read you straight from the statute where it says uh, may be overheard. So those words are in the statute. So it uses that word overheard and may. You know, it doesn't say must or did or were. It says may. And so all I need is, is just the language of the statute. And, and so that, that is, a, that is a, a, um, I mean, that's a good, solid defense. In fact, for the, for the two settings, with its five counts that Judge Height threw out, you know, he, he talked about the fact they could be overheard. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident we're going to be able to put that to the criminal jury. Now, on the civil side, uh, we, we actually, it was interesting. The, the judge allowed us to put that in the jury instruction that they may be overheard. But he then uh, went on and added some, some language that Planned Parenthood wanted that said, oh, but you've got to be listening, that someone had to be listening in. That's not the standard. And so, uh, I mean, you know, just, I, I, I mean, I've got to tell you, Kip, I mean, I, the jury, the civil jury trial was a comedy of legal errors, you know, which, again, we're, we're hopeful that we're going to be able to, to make a very, very strong dent in and, and get it thrown out on appeal. But but still, I mean, just everywhere where we could get in it, where Planned Parenthood could get an instruction that uh, that would advantage them and disadvantage us, they got it. Uh, and so it was really it was very, very difficult in that civil case. But again, in the in the criminal case, this uh, it's a much more clear issue. And, and we've been focusing on it like a laser. You know, if you may be overheard. You should be OK. And, and again, David and his team could have gone inside Planned Parenthood's into private offices in California. They didn't. 
those private office videos, if you watch those videos, the CMP videos, they only happen in states that were one party consent, like Colorado and Texas. So basically, the the criminal charges against him right now are are on privacy violations. Is that correct? Do I, am I getting this properly? Right. Right. So they're, they're very narrow. It's targeted just to the the taping. So the, the two party consent, it's taping. Uh, and so that, that's that's why yeah, this is very confusing. But it, it is the sort of thing. Remember, Planned Parenthood and their political allies, they want to do everything humanly possible to discredit the videos, to discredit the project, because David and his team caught them red handed selling baby parts for profit and making massive, I mean, thousands of dollars off of each each little poor aborted child. You know, manipulating abortion procedures in order to get better tissue, playing fast and loose with partial birth abortion law. And even in certain circumstances, it is clear that there were babies born alive and that harvested from. I mean, disgusting, terrible, gruesome stuff. Is one of the things that you can bring up on appeal, at least on the civil case, the links that Judge Oreck has to Planned Parenthood? Yes. And so we had actually we had moved to have the judge recused uh, due to. Uh, you know, he had been involved in setting up a clinic uh, for one of the plaintiffs, Planned Parenthood plaintiffs that had sued, that has now sued David. And as well, during the course of the litigation on on Facebook, uh, his own spouse, whose who's Facebook profile picture, like many people, uh, has the judge. So it's the judge and 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 uh, and his spouse. And uh, and the, the spouse was on Facebook uh, endorsing articles uh, that called David, that compared David to a domestic terrorist and called for him to be imprisoned. Uh, so I, I just have to tell you, Kip, you know, when I when I talk to some retired judges, you know, because active judges, they can't opine on things. Talk to retired judges and tell them the grounds for our motion to recuse their jaws at the floor. Uh, it, this is just it, it, it's the sort of thing you do not do uh, when you've got a high any 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 person that's in front of you. You don't you don't have your uh, you know, uh, you don't have your picture associated with articles that deal in any way with the case, much less. Uh, in an exceptionally high-profile case with such uh, such high stakes, uh, and so that that we are hopeful that we will get a little bit of a hearing on appeal, and certainly what it does is it taints uh, the various legal rulings uh, that are that are going up uh, because everybody knows what happened. So even even if uh, you know even if it turns out the judge does not get recused or or that we're not able to get a new judge on a remand if there is one, you know certainly everyone everyone knows exactly what happened. And what really happened uh, in in the district court? Well, Mr. Breen, I want to thank you for taking the time to explain this, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch again once the trial starts on this and the proceedings begin on the appeals for the civil case. This is a vitally important issue. Well, I mean, and we've got to remember I mean, this is these videos. If folks should go out and look at them again, take the opportunity to look at them again. They absolutely brought Planned Parenthood to its knees and really changed the national debate on abortion. Uh, and, and and even having echoes today, uh, which is, which is great. You know, we're, we're we're we are more pro-life than we were before these videos came out. And Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, has was really exposed uh, by these videos. So please, you know, keep supporting it. And, and again, you know, I, I, I do want to say, Kip, when folks pray for us, we can feel it. We knew in court that we had a lot of people praying. And so we knew, you know, look, no matter what the jury was going to come back with, whatever the judge, you know, throws another thing at us. Uh, we, we still have this uh, you know, the, I mean, the peace, confidence, and, and hope for a, for a, a better result uh, on appeal and at the end of the day. And while we are free to be faithful, well, freedom sometimes isn't free. You've been listening to Free to be Faithful, produced by Worldwide KFUO. 
the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for listening and supporting Free to be Faithful on Worldwide KFUO.